In Illinois alone, 480 species have the unwanted distinction of making the state's official endangered species list. But as it turns out, in Illinois, we also have a state-authorized endangered species protection board. Most people have never heard of it, and most people certainly don't know what they do. So WBEZ environment and climate reporter Jerome McDonald is here to tell us more about all of it. Jerome, welcome to Vocalo. I'm so happy you're here. Jill, it is a joy to be here with you. So you got in your car and you drove to Joliet to find more out more about the Endangered Species Protection Board. What made you want to do that? Well, you know, we live in a world where extinction is a big deal. Yeah. The UN said a million species are going to go extinct in the near future. Uh, we have people uh, just the other day in The Guardian, there was a uh, person from the biodiversity unit of the UN saying, uh, you know, human beings are going to be living alone on the planet, risk living in an empty world. No, because not just people, we, people are the worst part of the world. We are extincting things so fast. Yeah. And, I, and I think most people don't, you know, we think of ourselves as, you know, nature friendly and people, uh, we think of our region as pretty much we've already done all the damage we could do. We couldn't possibly be extincting more, could mm -hmm. we? But I think we could be extincting more. I think we are extincting more. And, and I just want to uh, dig into the list a little bit and the people who are making the list and find out what we're extincting right now. So the 1972 Illinois Endangered Species Act is the act that helped create the Endangered Species Protection Board. What was involved in that act and what else came out of it? Well, you know, that's how we get the protections that we have for the endangered species that are here. Um, the, it created, the act created the Endangered Species Protection Board, which is a volunteer organization, which mm -hmm. is made up of people uh, like the plant guy from the Botanic Gardens and uh, uh, ichthyologist who's worked at the Shedd Aquarium and uh, people from the Natural History Survey in the University of Illinois. So they're all like volunteer experts. One, one guy's a real estate guy from Rockford who has helped like the Nature Conservancy get land and things like that. So it's a it's a just a group of volunteer people who go out there and they try to talk to everybody they can and they set up meetings throughout the state who of people who are amateurs, professionals who would know what's going on with species in their region. And they try to survey this thing and figure out what's going on. They also have a, a job to kind of help uh, revive the species. So in the case of the barn owl, which I featured in my article, there is a barn owl recovery program, and the barn owls was successful. The one for the prairie chicken has been written by the same man, has been uh, completely unsuccessful. But, it, um, you know, that's that's the way it is. But the, the, the Endangered Species Protection Act set up all these mechanisms and kind of created the uh, there's also some protections about permitting. You can get a per if you if you are going to do anything to an endangered species uh, animal, mm -hmm. you you've got to get a permit, and they're quite interesting. And that is how they kind of negotiate habitat for these these species. I'm Jill Hopkins. Joining me in the studio, Jerome McDonald from WBEZ's Environment and Climate Change Desk. We are talking about the Endangered Species Protection Board in Joliet and the 480 species that are on the, that list that they've made right here in the state of Illinois. I'm kind of obsessed with this barn owl. Uh, it's as... a really interesting case. That's why <laughs> yeah. I featured it. It was a charter member of the, the first uh, time they made a list. They put the barn owl on it. 
This is a, a species that is ubiquitous the world over. They have barn owls all over the world. In the Midwest, we were killing them off with good old-fashioned uh, monoculture crop farming after mm. World War II. That really had a bad impact. The lack of barns was a big deal because yeah. <laughs> we, we started making larger and larger farms and putting metal contraptions up that were not suitable to their nesting habits. So we were elimin and we were eliminating a lot of uh, rodents, which is the thing they want to eat. They want to have yeah, a I was nice say. they want to have a nice happy farm with rodents running around in the hay and stuff. And they want to have grasslands. Grasslands is their natural habitat. And um, we noticed uh, the the guy who wrote the Barn Owl Recovery Act uh, noticed that after one of the farm bills where they started paying people to leave their fields fallow, the, the, uh, some states were being, being seeing barn owl numbers go up. Mm-hmm. And they were also helping it along by purchasing barn owl houses, which you can buy on the Internet. You can go to the barn owl house place on the internet. And, <laughs> and get barn owl houses. And they put up these little square barn owl houses, and you know they kind of gathered together the Illinois Audubon Society said, you guys want to buy some of these houses? You guys want to spend a few thousand dollars <laughs> and put these up and monitor the nests and see if we've got some? Because they breed like Wildfire. Yeah. These things, uh, they unlike other raptors, they do like eight babies at a time. Usually they only oh, do wow. one, two, or three, you know, a raptor. But uh, these guys do eight babies at a time. They copulate all the time. They, 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 I, I put a link to their... You know, they're doing it nine times a night while they're sitting on the nest. Listen, so, I'm married. Those numbers are <laughs> outrageous to me. <laughs> so they're they're like, uh, one guy described them as demons. Another guy <laughs> described them as live fast, die hard kind of animals. And, and they also, their children, when they have their babies, will fly to North Dakota or Virginia to, um, to make a new place. So they spread like crazy. They breed like crazy. And we were extincting the wits out of them with, um, you know, this old-fashioned chemicals and um, end of monoculture and stuff, which we which we started fixing. So they put up a bunch of barn owl houses, and voila, we've got barn owls all over the state again. BRB, going to get a barn owl tattoo. I'm Jill Hopkins. Jerome McDonald's here from WBEZ. We're talking endangered species here in Illinois. Let's turn our attention from the skies to the waters. Let's talk about the mottled sculpin. I did that one to contrast with the barn owl yeah. because the barn owl, you know, it's it seems like it was pretty easy to get it off the list. But the mottled sculpin is just going on the list this time, and it's a little fish. It's you know, the, it fits in the size of your palm in your palm, and uh, it's all it's been all over Lake Michigan. It's ubiquitous in North America. They've got them everywhere. I think we're the first state to put it on an endangered species list. Wow. Um, the they haven't seen one in Lake Michigan in a few years, and they were ubiquitous in Lake Michigan. Yeah. And But they've been edged out by the round goby, which is an invasive species, as almost all native things in Lake Michigan have been edged out by invasive species. The, the biomass of Lake Michigan is like 90% invasive mussels right now. Wow. So, um, the, so they're getting edged out of Lake Michigan, but they're also getting edged out of the rivers that are... Uh, that they're in, like the Des Plaines River, is warming due to 
warming and development also warms the rivers. So there's only one little cold spring on the Des Plaines River where they are known to exist. And uh, the same is true for another river in the area. They're okay in the Fox River, which is kind of bigger. Mm -hmm. But development is going on there at a rapid pace. So they're worried about so, you know, one of the things that the endangered species people do is count the habitats. And yeah. like, okay, nothing there, down there, down there. And you're okay in one spot out of four or five major habitats in this area so that you, you're threatened. You go on. So that goes on. And there's no easy plan to get that thing off, right? You can't mm. warm the rivers. You yeah. can't knock out the invasive species. This is how we extinct stuff. Of all the things that I would tell to chase waterfalls and not stick to the rivers and lakes that it's used to, it's the mottled sculpin. Go ahead and chase those waterfalls. I, I want to know what else you took away from your visit to the board. It was, uh, I, I found it kind of uh, fascinating that there's, you know, these people, they're not getting paid. They're, they're paying for their own, like, meals and transport. Yep, they all kick in for Subway. That's their tradition. <laughs> That's adorable. Is <laughs> it? But there's, it's a labor of love for these folks, right? This is a oh, this yeah. is something it's, that's very important. To it them. is um, something, and and they've had a hard time. The the board used to have staff people. They're closely related with the Department of Natural Resources, which is where you find all the information about them, and and they work with them, and they're the ones who uh, enforce the um, the recovery of the species uh, acts and things like that. So they're, they used to have a staff person with the Department of Natural Resources, and, and during the rounder years, that got cut. You know, one time they had four staff positions. So the, these people help disseminate information. They help set up the meetings for these people. They, you know, uh, you know, the the chair of the board thought, well, I I, I was just glad to be able to get this done. I'm, it was like yeah. a, we were looking at this five years ago. They've you've got five years by law to update this every five years. She was like, this is going to be a steep climb. We, this is hard to do for a bunch of volunteers. Mm -hmm. But they they do it, and they help with all the, the different recovery missions. And they're, they're, they think they're impressive people that people should know more about. Well, shout out to all of those folks. I'm seeing a list in front of you of all 480 species yes. on this uh, endangered species list. When we talk about climate change kind of in general, we tend to think about jungles and forests. But, I mean, Illinois has plenty of, of forests and, and, and natural habitats, and 480 species seems like a lot for one state. Uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty many. Uh, over half of them are plants that get no protection. They, they don't get protected by permits or anything. Uh, some of the things that are on there, I don't know how they get off. Freshwater mussels are a huge crisis, mm -hmm. and we've completely changed our streams and uh, their habitats. and. Um, they're a, they're in a constant crisis, and so are all the amphibians. The frogs are you know in deep trouble. There's lots of frogs. There were uh, 20 of the plants on the list haven't been seen in more than two decades, but they don't have enough negative data to take them off. Meaning they they didn't go out and look everywhere they might possibly be, and mm -hmm. they could be in a seed bank in the soil that then might pop out again. So um, there's all sorts of interesting stuff that the list will tell you if you nose around in it. Uh, so. There's, um, a, yeah, it's just a, a, a morass of of what's going on. <laughs> well, what can our our nature lover listeners, our our little Greta Thunbergs, do to learn more about the board and about the endangered animals and plants of Illinois? You know, a lot of them do have champions, and something like the Blanding's turtle. 
uh, has a lot of people rallying and trying to revive the Blandings turtle. There uh, in Lake County, there's big programs for this. They have the they're kind of the epicenter of the Blandings turtle, which is a threatened turtle. Uh, so there's a lot of people uh, rallying around the rusty patch bumblebee, which is a nationally uh, endangered species. There's a lot of monitoring that goes on that people do for dragonflies, for butterflies. Uh, for birds, uh, people can monitor all this with citizen science organizations, and this stuff is really valuable. This is how people really know what's going on is all these citizen science organizations, all these uh, nature groups out there, they're the ones that are getting consulted to to figure out what's going on with the list. Jerome McDonald covers the environment and climate for WBEZ. You can follow him at Jerome McDonald, and you can find all of his work at WBEZ.org. Thank you so much for joining me, and thank you for letting us all know about these species. Let's do some work, Illinois. We've got some species to save.